what the fuck? Columbus Circle re-released this game? Yep. So now it's no longer 100,000 yen. That's good, because this game is probably not worth 100,000 yen, I am H.O. <laughs> I'd pay 10 for it. Like, if this was a $10 cartridge I found, I would absolutely grab this for, like, 10 bucks. How many other games give you a f- replenishable fairy wife, though? Every Zelda game? Uh, it's not your wife. Not really your wife. I mean, you can headcanon them into your wife if you want. Link. I mean, Link's a little young to, to be married, I think, yeah. mostly. Link is, I mean, even when Link's old enough, Link is a Valsil, so. Welcome to the Super Nintendo Exploration Squad podcast, episode 39, a video games book club and select button guide end podcast. So, we changed our format a little bit here. Uh, it, it, it's not that much different for, for the end product, but I wanted to let people know. So first of all, I've officially switched us to monthly, uh, just because I wasn't doing it every two weeks or three weeks or four weeks or even five weeks. So now now we're monthly, quote unquote. This should be about every month. Um, I've also tried to open this up to be, like I said a little bit earlier, a video games book club, essentially, where over that month... I try and gather as many people to play the game as possible on the selectbutton.net forums uh, and, you know, kind of bring in that input into the actual podcast as well. So even if you're not recording, maybe you get to be on the podcast because we read out your stuff. Um, So all of that said, if you do want to play the next game, which is going to be something called Ball Bullet Gun, I think that's what it is. Bullet Ball, I don't remember. Uh, You can go to the selectbutton.net forums, go to output. Uh, and there's, I, I, what's it called? Forum, or Podcast Secret Level. That's where the discussion thread is, so go visit that. Um, but we're going to go ahead and get into this uh, month's game, and I'm going to go back to my script now. So every month, we play a game either voted on by our listeners or handpicked by one of our intrepid explorers, and you get to participate by hanging out in our kick-ass forums. Uh, this time, we're playing King of Demons, or Majuo. Uh, it's an action platformer with guns, dragons, elevators, guns, and we'll be discussing it using the four standardized metrics for scoring a video game just like everybody else, and those are, of course, vanity, gun, investigation, and revelation. I'm your esteemed host and transforming demon person, Vassal Kenya, and today I am joined by... Uh, Automatic Tigress. I don't have a clever thing to say. Closed. I don't have a clever thing to say either. I love this woman and her fairy body. As a teenager, I was often teased by my friends for my attraction to girls on the winged side. Oh no. Ones that were shorter and mysteriously armless. Girls that the average basic bro might refer to as pixies or even sprites. <laughs> then, as I became a man and started to add to educate myself on issues such as feminism and how the media marginalizes women by portraying a very narrow and very specific standard of beauty. Tall, wingless human has arms and hands. I realized how many men have bought into that lie. For me, there's nothing sexier than this woman right here, 12 inches tall, hovering over my right shoulder, 
primed to attack any enemies I miss with the bullets from my powerful gun after a brief recovery period and absolutely no opposable thumbs. My name is Shrug, and I love my armless fairy wife. <laughs> is that um, really not the Ernest Fine Nerd Girl? No, it's, uh, it's, it's approximately one, one third. One third of the I Love My Curvy Wife guys original. Um, post. Oh, it's, I launched him to fame. I cannot believe it's longer than that. Okay, go ahead, Ramona. <laughs> it was so fucking long! I'm gonna take you back to the past and talk about this shitty game that sucks ass. Hi, I'm Ramona. <laughs> Hi, I'm Steve Coffin. I think I played the wrong game. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. <laughs> this, is, this is amazing. I love it. Alright. Ah, uh, you sold yourselves with the demons, didn't you? I'm told. <laughs> Alright. So, uh, th this month we played Majuo, or King of Demons. It's an best described as an action platformer, I guess. Uh, if you played uh, Demon's Crest, you know... Kind of like that, I guess. Um, it's about a guy named Abel, you know, like Cain and Abel. He descends into hell to save his kidnapped daughter, avenge his wife, who's also a fairy now, as Shrug so keenly pointed out, and kill his best friend who betrayed Wait, him. Wait, kidnapped daughter? Yeah, his kidnapped daughter. Yeah, yeah. She's gonna be used as a sacrifice if you if you didn't like, play the whole like, game. Oh. Hangs out in rivers and the sea and eats clams and stuff. <laughs> Yeah, his otter. Oh, otter. <laughs> Fuck. I, that's all, I wasn't doing a bit. That's all I could hear. <laughs> his daughter. <laughs> God, that's great. Emmett em, em Otter Goes to Hell would be a very good game. So, um, so he, does, he does all that. He, he, he saves his otter, and it's great. Um, at the end of each level... I think except maybe the first one. I can't remember. Anyway, at the end of each level, Abel can choose to permanently transform into a new demonic form after beating the boss. And it could, he could be a dragon. He could be a green demon or a red demon. Uh, and then at the end of the next level, he gets to change again. So it's, it's kind of cool. Uh, it's got two different endings based on which demons you pick or don't pick because you can choose not to pick them at all. Uh, this game was developed and published by KSS in 1995 in Japan only. Uh, KSS is an anime production company that worked on Naruto, I guess. I don't fucking know. Uh, but they made this game and like 12 other games too. What? And more, uh, they, and more than that. I think they were primarily a publisher. Uh, uh, we can go into that investigation, whatever. <laughs> I don't, I don't know anything about anime, so. I don't know a ton about this, but like looking at their actual credits, I think they didn't actually make anything, but they were involved in it. I anyway, that's investigation. Alright, uh, but in 2003, Eon Genesis of the Eon Genesis Translation Project uh, released an English translation for King of Demons, which is what we played. So that was uh, 16 years ago. So the translation is still is old enough to drive, which is, I'm old. Um, but I asked everybody to play about an hour of this game. Uh, so how long did you play and about how far did you get? Uh, probably an hour. I don't know. I reset my save states a lot so i don't have a uh, time but i pretty much got to the uh 
level after the train level and then just stopped. As of right now, I've played for 30 minutes. <laughs> we we were going to start at 6, so I started playing then. <laughs> nice. And uh, I've played about 30 minutes, which I mostly did today as well, because I'm very on the ball about things. Oh, but I did watch uh, Kania stream this game. Oh, same. Yeah, same. I streamed same. this game for about two hours. Yeah, so yeah, I had a bunch of the crew there, which was good. I think I played it for about probably an hour or two. Uh, played through it once, and then I tried it uh, again to see the other ending, and then I messed around with the, the gun gun. I, uh, it might have been an hour. I abused Rewind on my original hardware with original card, of course, to get past Space Godzilla. And then I descended into a hell orifice. And I'm, I'm, I was somewhere in the middle of that when I stopped. There were bridges. There were corpses I could eat. It was intense. I played this when it first got translated, so I have about 16 years of experience with this game. Fuck me, dude. Where's the time go? I'm so old. Grandma. (laughs) Oh, God. I played this for about two hours on a stream. I beat it, but I cheated uh, by turning on invincibility for the last bit of the game. Uh, using RetroArch. I mean, yeah, whatever, fuck it. I, I, <laughs> I use RetroArch. All right. Um, but yeah, so I saw I saw it all, and, and by proxy, three other people on this podcast also saw it all, which is fun. So, But yeah, um, let's go to our very first topic, which is, of course, vanity. Holy shit, I just turned into a cool lettuce demon. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's a great place to start. Um, <laughs> so, vanity is where we. My talk- wife said they're all vegetarians. <laughs> uh, so this this game, I think, looks really good. It's it's got a lot of anime. It's got a lot of graphics. It's got a lot of music. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It looks great. I thought it was fun to look at. I thought it was fun to listen to. Um, the okay, next topic. Okay, great. Let's move on to go- no. Uh- <laughs> What's the fun factor? Five. Oh Jesus! Five out of infinity. You gotta know. If you don't know what it's five out of, you don't. I am sorry. I am derailing us. I am so sorry. I should know better than this. I host another podcast. I apologize. I am so. <laughs> this is all about derailings. We love to wreck trains here. Um. So, what do people think about the vanity of uh, King of Demons? That's not my fairy wife. <laughs> they, they spent ten minutes on the main sprite. It's like they wanted to punish you for not choosing to be a demon. Wait, the gun guy? Because he has a fantastic double jump. He does like the cartwheel, like, triple axle thing. Gun guy is... He's also got a fantastic role. Mini. 
But what does gun guy look like? He's a dude in a t-shirt and jeans with a handgun. And He's... a red bandana. He looks like Rambo. I thought he looked like City Hunter. I don't I don't know the guy's name from City Hunter. Jackie Chan. Steve. But what is the plot of this game, though? I mean, like, it's a dude with the t-shirt and jeans. Like, that could be King of Fighters for all all I know. Like, what's the game the, about? The plot exactly. comes later. God. He's <laughs> actually a blockier Blackthorn. Once again, I'm revealed to be racist. I think all Native American gamesmen are the same character. So, so you're saying it's Blockthorn? Oh, God. <laughs> yes, it's Blockthorn. Here at last. It's whitewashed Blockthorn here to save <laughs> his daughter from the dead. I say he looks more like Soy Boy Blackthorn. <laughs> Jesus. Um, <laughs> fuck it. Let's just go all the way in and get canceled. <laughs> Let's get canceled to death. Um... <laughs> I was just going to say, he definitely has the worst walk cycle I've seen in quite a while. Actually, yeah, like, he, he holds his arms up like he's... I, I mean, what what do you do in that pose? It's like a, it's like a power walk, kind of. I don't think I saw the walk cycle at all, because as soon as I found I could roll everywhere, I did that instead. I kept forgetting that you could roll when I was playing this game. There's a lot of little things about this game I kept forgetting, so... But yeah, that roll is pretty good. <laughs> I mean, the roll is, like, as good as that fucking 3D Zelda roll. Uh, it just makes you go so much faster, and it actually lets you outrun all the enemies. I wish I had figured that... I wish I had used that. <laughs> but yeah, I what I really like about the first... The early levels is that... Rambo in Hell, which is what you're basically doing, is a very interesting look. Like, he's a very generic-looking dude with a terrible walk cycle uh, compared to, like, you know, slimes with giant eyeballs and this, like, huge worm that, that, like, spits rocks at you and, like, a weird ogre with a unicorn horn, orange ogre. I mean, like, it's a very bizarre look versus very boring dude, which I like. You fight your way... There is a train level. Everyone loves a train level, which is pretty generic setting for a video game. But you fight your way up to the end of this, the head of this train, and the boss is an apparently living locomotive that's like some sort of bizarre Giger-esque crustacean with an exposed brain that you just have to blast it in a bunch. Yeah, there's also like. Just some like mysterious kind of I don't know flavor things like the the lady on the train that's being like hit by uh, those dudes with maces. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, there's and there's just like no explanation. Yeah, that shit getting tenderized was pretty brutal. And they're demons. Like, what else are they gonna do? If you kill fairies that aren't your wife, you eat their corpses. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, a you can, which is kind of neat. 
Yeah, that's another thing I didn't figure out while I played this game, is that if you crouch next to any enemy that just lays there after you kill it, you can eat the fucking corpse, which is weird. And all the enemies that just lay there after you kill them are fairies or other winged women, mm -hmm. like your dead wife. Yeah, there are no male enemies that do that. Just something to throw out there. All the male enemies explode immediately upon death. <laughs> Just like, you can't eat any dudes, but you can eat women for sustenance. This is it's, a very it's because, hard it's because all the, the demons know that Abel's not into that gay shit. <laughs> I mean, that's definitely what it reads as. It's like, well, you can't, can't, can't have a dude eating another dude. That's gay. It's like, what? Are you, I mean, it's cannibalism, dog. <laughs> like, that's the first concern I had. So is, is it gay to cannibalize another man's corpse? <laughs> it's, it's, it's a really questionable decision at best. <laughs> um, but it is, it's a neat touch in terms of being able to regain health um, and just chowing down on demons, I guess. But only the ones you're horny for. Um, oh, God. Uh, but, I, I okay, I want to know what everybody's favorite demon form was aesthetically, because you've got, you've got the lettuce demon, you've got the red weird winged demon with the, like, talons and shit, you've got the dragon, I mean, there's just no way of getting around it, it's just a big fucking dragon, um, and then the ultimate demon, which I am trying to remember what it looks like now, it's like a gray dude, sort of? Yeah, it's, like it's a, just a gray dude with wings and a horn. That's right. Yes, I'm seeing it now. So, what's your favorite? It's got to be, like, tie between lettuce or dragon, because, like, lettuce has some really cool moves, like shooting a laser, and if you do the charge attack, it does, like, a sound wave, and the other one's just the friggin' dragon. He's also got the teleport. Oh, yeah! Ninja lettuce. Wait, how do you do a charge attack? Hold down the attack button. I'm pretty sure it's literally impossible to defeat some of the enemies or some of the bosses within the time limit unless you use the charge attack. Oh no, that's mechanics. <laughs> oh yeah, we gotta get to that because I was I was infuriated by parts of this, but I didn't know that there was a charge attack. This game is a charge attack, a double jump, and a a sweet roll. Which if you're the lettuce demon. You uh, you teleport instead of rolling. The lettuce demon actually has insect wings and is sort of like insectine, is how I would describe him. But is all green and definitely has lettuce on his head. <laughs> A force of I... nature. The uh, translators also... have like names for all of them, but I don't remember what they were. Other than the ultimate one is like the dark angel. I also prefer lettuce demon because. I don't know. He just has this this weird robot-y look to him, even while he's made of lettuce. Common Rider Demon? And he feels more precise than everything else in the game. I feel like I'm actually in control of when my shots come out. And the recharge is so... Oh my god, I'm <laughs> <laughs> Oh god. Uh, yeah, Tigress, you bring up the... Um... The the backdrops. Uh, what, what do you think about those? You brought those up in the chat. I yeah. should be clear for the listeners. <laughs> yeah, uh, the backdrops. Like a lot of aspects of this game, feel very um, like 
late 80s, early 90s OVA to me, like lots of, uh, you know, crumbling pillars, crumbling ruins that have no reason to exist. But uh, there was a specific that have no reason to exist. Um, Columns and columns and columns, just columns everywhere. And of course, in the earlier levels, these decomposing cities, these root that are that like look like they've been overtaken by nature, implying that this is a very distant post, a much more distant post-apocalyptic future than might be implied by other parts of the plot. Um, I love that the second stage is just like a post-apocalyptic destroyed city overgrown with nature. And it seems like the nature overgrew the place very quickly. Like you can see like uh, uh, roots breaking down buildings in the background. Yeah, yeah. It's also uh, very malevolent because there's also people slash demons that are like hanging from the trees, I, if I remember correctly. Like, it, it's malevolent seeming. Yeah. Um, speaking of malevolent, in the first level where you're going through kind of like an underground sewery dungeon type place, uh, there's all of these people animated in the background who are like in prison. Like, all of these imprisoned people. Um, uh, like there, there's all of these women and some ambiguous and probably dudes who are all like animated and like slamming on on the bars of the cages they're in, just completely helpless. They read all as they all read as women to me personally. They're just a bunch of sewer chicks. <laughs> I mean that that would track with the aforementioned. It's only cool to eat women thing. There's there's definitely a through line. Yeah. <laughs> There's a, there's a through line of like, you know, women in trouble. His wife's dead, his daughter's kidnapped, and he eats he eats the lady demons, and it's just women in prison. There is there was I, now that you mention that though, there there was one thing in the cell that like had too many limbs, like and maybe that's just the you know, pixely aesthetic of everything, but it seemed like it had too many limbs. And there are multiple bosses that are uh, human like bodies that are growing out of some sort of not-human base, and the bodies are always ladies. Sexy ladies of murder. <laughs> it's like someone saw the... Why did somebody drop a screenshot from Cornbuster in here? <laughs> Sorry, I just saw the alligator with uh, lipstick and boobs, and it reminded me of uh... <laughs> King of Demons. That... That that's my favorite demon form. One of the sexy ladies of murder is coming out of a giant gonad with a face and chicken legs. Did anyone try to do the? I guess it's a mechanic, but like, does the form change at all if you get the same crystal a bunch of times? Yes, it does. But I, mean, yeah, I think it is anyone seen that. Like, you have to do it every single time to get the same crystal. I was trying to do that in my playthrough, go all lettuce, but it's just kind of ridiculous to do. Yeah, I didn't try any of that. I guess that's that fabled replay value. You have to go back and get them all, but I didn't try. There, there's the For total disclosure, um, I think, Stavkoff, you were the one who told me that um, you have to select a different demon each time to get the true ending, and that's the only way to get the ultimate demon, but there are definitely demons that we did not see 
uh, because we didn't do the other like the the other playthroughs of that. So no comment on those. But I'm actually I'm going to do some searching and see if I can find a sprite rip and and we can maybe get some impressions. Anyway, um, I think that as far as this game's graphics are concerned, uh, pretty much anything that isn't the background or like some of the bosses weren't especially great, mostly because they're very small. Like they were originally, like they look like they were originally made for like an NES game, but re redrawn. Uh, for a system like with better graphic capabilities, but not uh, at the slightly higher resolution that the SNES runs at. So everything is very tiny um, and not especially detailed TBH. Um, but I do think that like the backgrounds are probably some of the best looking ones on the system. And also my favorite demon form is the red guy because he just looks like the default main character except now he's wearing bicycle shorts like a pervert <laughs> oh, i didn't know about the bicycle shorts were they bicycle shorts or like cut off jean shorts like is is he a never nude demon oh god all demons are never nudes it turns out um except the david cross of the super nintendo Ugh. gross <laughs> David Cross as Devil Man. <laughs> uh, if you pick up the blue gem, you be blue himself. Ah. Ah. References. So it tur- <laughs> nice. Uh, so it turns out that um, the ultimate forms of the three demons are palette swaps. Um, they do appear to have new attacks, but they don't have any new animations. So, like, the red, the lettuce demon turns red, I guess, ironically. The red demon turns, like, kind of blue and green. And then the blue dragon turns into a, a, a gray and white and yellow dragon. It turns into a blue-eyes white what, dragon. What if it's a cabbage demon? The, oh, yeah, it turns into a red cabbage demon. <laughs> Like what if it's what if it was never lettuce? What if it was cabbage? No, it levels up from lettuce to cabbage because you know how cabbage is like kind of waxier and tougher than lettuce. It it repels attacks better, so that's t- clearly lettuce turns into red cabbage. All those uh, big attacks you're seeing in the sheet are all their uh, charge attacks. By the way, there you go. Yeah, we didn't even see. <laughs> I didn't even see those. The- they all have a dive kick too. Oh, that's right. Did I mention that generally the aesthetic of this game is a late 80s, early early 90s, like anime OVA aesthetic kind of deal? Yeah, uh, you mentioned that with the backgrounds, and I think you're pretty much spot on with this. Like, it's it's very, like, it's kind of like that plus a metal album from the 80s is what I feel like. Uh, I mean, a lot of those are metal albums from the 1980s. If you've watched Devil Man, like either The Birth or Crybaby, this looks basically like if someone took the like opening scene of Crybaby or like the middle scene of Devil Man and made an entire video game out of it. Yeah, yeah too bad too bad the music does not uh echo that aesthetic because oh boy, the music. Oh yeah, the I music. don't want to talk about it. The music sounds like uh, plinky amateur, amateur like Doom Wads new compositions that were like trying for the same like MIDI metal sounds, but it doesn't succeed. 
It sounds worse than the music in my games, and that's really saying something. <laughs> See, I like the music, so <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I was I was into this game, like despite its many faults, it felt. It, I, I liked it. I was just very pleased with it. Um, I think we were talking a little bit before, a little bit about it before the cast. Like the the quickest comparison to this is like maybe Demon's Crest, maybe Blackthorn. Um, but for me, the the touchstone was Demon's Crest, and I played that you know like a year ago. Whenever we played it for the podcast, and I can remember tons about that game. Three weeks went by and nothing stuck with me about this game. So it's sort of an interesting thing. I enjoyed my time with it, but I, I don't remember hardly any of it until I look it up. <laughs> All I can remember from it is like, yeah, the Demon's Crest comparison is really good. It's like that kind of style, but all the sprites are tiny. And then uh, the one of the mid bosses in the second level, the freaking Anomalo Karis, that's that was like so well done. The snake dragon looking thing. Oh yeah, that's a good. Yeah, there's a boss that's like a multi-segmented, weird, like stinky dragony thing, and it's actually very similar to something from Demon's Crest, except the the one in Demon's Crest doesn't have unavoidable attacks. But we'll get into that. <laughs> I also want to comment that like one of the bigger differences between this game's aesthetic and demon's crest is that demon's crest has a very medieval aesthetic and this is like a post-apocalyptic aesthetic yeah um, there is also one other detail i'd like to note which is that this game has a really cool static map screen which implies the entire game is just taking place on a shard of earth floating in a void Oh, yeah, that is pretty cool. I like that. And there's a tower at the center of the Shard of Earth, right? I mean, every every single anime thing that's a post-apocalyptic demon thing is about going to a tower. Every single thing. It's all about a demon tower. They're all about a demon tower. I think Devil Man might actually be the only thing without a prominent demon tower. I re- gotta say, I really like Devilman Crybaby, and I felt unclean for about a week after I watched it. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so, okay, I mean, I don't know, I feel like we've kind of summed up the aesthetic of this game. Uh, well, summed up is a strong word for spent 30 minutes talking about it, but what what else do we have to say about Vanity before we move on? There's, like, a few, like weird things that I liked. I liked the uh, the eyeball boss. Like, when you beat it, it doesn't explode. It just turns into a tiny eyeball and falls on the ground. Oh, yeah, the eyeball boss is awesome, because it starts out huge, and then it turns really small, and you ha- and it bounces around. You have to hit it until it shrinks to nothing and falls down. That that was very pleasing, aesthetically. Also, the, the weird flower lady boss, there's, like, a window in the background that has, like, stars shining in it. Like, in the destroyed building? It's really weird. Oh, yeah. I remember that. Oh, yeah. That's very strange. Yeah, like, it's a very strange aesthetic. It's sort of stereotypical and very strange. I don't know. I appreciated it. But I haven't watched a lot of, like, post-apocalyptic 80s and 90s anime. So maybe I'm just not tired of it. (laughs) I mean, I love that aesthetic. I just eat that aesthetic up. Like, another good touchstone for this would be uh, anything Shin Megami Tensei. Oh, yeah, that's a good call. In general, I feel like the aesthetic was, like, they were trying to, to do, like, generic anime. 
and they sort of failed and accidentally came out original. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Maybe they just combined so many like small disparate elements from different animes that they were stealing from that the puree came out with its own flavor. Um, hmm. 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 <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay, we've moved on to just making grunting noises at this point, so I think we're done with this topic. <laughs> hey, I'm trying my damnedest to sound like the Chamberlain from the Dark Crystal, so. Oh, yep. You you actually, you nailed it now that you've told me that. <laughs> um, I need to see the new Dark Crystal. The series is really good and totally on topic for this episode. That's a lie. Oh, well, <laughs> that it's on topic. It is really good. I totally forgot about the, the cool pastel Crystal Palace. Actually... You know what the aesthetic reminds me of a little is, uh, like, that, like, because, uh, Kenya, you were streaming Sacrifice recently, and it kind of reminds me of that, like, gooey, organic, intentionally ugly, but pleasingly ugly thing. Uh, yeah, that is, that's kind of interesting, and, and they're both sort of, like... Like, Sacrifice feels like almost an evolution of that as we move into, you know, 1999 or whatever. Um, but yeah, totally. They have a gooey, organic, displeasing but pleasing feel about them. And mem- I wouldn't say memorable because I forgot everything about this game, but Sacrifice is memorable, so, you know. <laughs> it's, like, not quite grotesque. Yeah. I mean, if, if Sacrifice looks like this, I mean, then I can actually make Dark Crystal go on topic, because Sacrifice very much looks like Dark Crystal or Farscape to me, when I look at Yeah, actually, I would love to do an analysis of Sacrifice versus weird Jim Henson creations, but that's... <laughs> I'll save that for my, my uh, uh, stream in two weeks. <laughs> so... Um, <laughs> but alright, I think we're I think we've kind of I, I hope for the listener you have a good picture of what this looks like um, for the for us. We're, let's just move on to the next topic, which is, of course, gun. Dun, 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 dun. It's gun time. Um, Start out with a gun in this game. Just yeah. Get that out of the it's got a, yeah, you just got a, a pistol that just fucking shoots fire at people. It's great. So it's a good gun. It's a gun. This is, this is a rare ten out of ten in gun category. We usually don't have games with guns in them, so we can't give them a perfect score. But this one totally got a gun. Ten gun out of ten. Moving on. Yeah, we're even going to start scoring the games because the gun is so satisfying in this. It actually just aims for you. It doesn't work like a run and gun kind of. Yeah, it's a hit scan. Like, it feels like Doom if you're side-scrolling. It's really good. I mean, it's not even hit scan. It's auto-aim. Yeah, you have to aim a little bit. There's a tiny, tiny delay between firing and hitting, so it's not quite hit scan. Yeah, it's like... But there's no visible projectile, unlike, like, a Contra or most running guns. 
yeah, it feels a lot like it's like Doom, but side-scrolling. Yeah, that gun is awesome. And each of the, the demons has their own sort of breath gun or whatever laser gun weird crap. But I honestly think the most satisfying one, even though it does the least damage, is the gun gun. <laughs> it's just... You can smash that button about as fast as you can hit it, and he'll just keep firing, too. That's a rarity. Um, and it, it just... It, everything that it touches in that line, like, sort of explodes in fire. Like, it's got this sort of neat animation for that, so it's not at all subtle. It's great. It's actually kind of sad that it changes, because, yeah, it's like they nailed a completely unique-feeling, like side-scrolling action game protagonist because the double jump and gun feels kind of different than almost anything else. And then they just turn into a uh, Mega Man-y big alternate elemental shoot guns with a charge beam when you turn into a demon. So you uh, don't actually have to do that, though. Like, I, the, I played through the, the game once, like as you'd expect it, but you can just wait around and the, the crystal disappears eventually and you just continue playing as, as the dude. Yeah, that is something to note. So after every boss, a crystal falls down. The crystal changes between green, red, and blue, and it does that whole sequence twice. And if you don't... the thi Okay, so the, here's what you have to do. You have to shoot the crystal, and then it'll fall to the ground and you can pick it up. Um... If you don't do that after the full two cycles, it just shatters and you can continue on as uh, as human boy um, with the gun. This is probably a bad decision in terms of, like, it is the weakest form uh, for damage, but you could do it. Um, it is not how you get the good ending. You do not get the good ending by never turning into a demon, FYI. <laughs> so that was, like, most of... I didn't fully play through the the game a second time, but I tried to see how far I could get with just the the normal guy. Um, and he has some, like, he has, like, an incredibly tiny hitbox when he's crouching. Oh, interesting. So there is sort of a, a benefit to being just able, able the non-demon. Yeah, the, and, like, you know, the gun is great. Um, but, yeah, like, crouching... Uh, just about everything just goes over his head. Actually, his head isn't part of his hitbox when he's scratching. So it goes through his head? <laughs> yeah. I played a lot of the game as the dragon, and I don't like the dragon. Dragon's oh. bad. And the dragon has a very long hitbox <laughs> when they're crouching. Oh, the hitbox? One? Yeah, oh. is the giant. And, uh, for that weird, like... I don't know what to call it exactly. The like Hydra boss at the very end, uh, his normal attack can't hit the little snakes on the ground at all. Oh Jesus! Well, that's... One thing I want to note, I just uh, remembered because uh, you mentioned the head hitbox thing earlier. Uh, that the nice thing about the gun you start with in human form as Abel is that when you shoot zombies, you just blow their heads off, and then you have to keep shooting them. It's aesthetically great. I know that we're past aesthetics and onto gun, but that's one of my favorite details of the first level. The joy of this next cast is that we're very blurry on what anything is. That is the aesthetics of gun. So that's the vanity of gun. We're we're still in gun, so you're good. <laughs> the the like you're double jumping a lot in this game. Um because you have to double jump just to be able to shoot things. 
Um, the the levels are extremely dense. A lot of the levels are extremely dense with enemies, and a lot of them, like the overgrown city, uh, you have tons of overhanging plants that you have to shoot in their fecund faces or they'll fill the screen with bullets or most of the bosses you have to double jump to shoot them and the timing on the dragon form for getting out you know snapping out uh, the shots with his big mega man breath weapon not great um, I don't think it's responsive enough. I don't think it's crisp enough to be kinesthetically anything. It's just really mushy and uncomfortable, and I hated it. Um, whereas when you're playing as your base form, you might not be hitting things very hard, but he shoots when you push the button. So you can hit what you're shooting when you're jumping reliably and you're shooting when you're jumping all the fucking time. So yeah, uh, the I don't feel like... Like, you're turning into a demon, too, which is supposed to be empowering, but I do not feel empowered by these forms. I do not feel like a blue-eyes white dragon. <laughs> uh, I'll admit, the time that turning into a demon feels best is um, when you're eating another demon. I <laughs> sorry, I don't know. There's something funny struck me about that sentence. I mean, it is funny, but like, I mean, the subtext where every single demon you can eat as a girl is really fucked up, and I don't want to say that isn't, but like, if you were like killing, like, let's say some kind of lit, some kind of snake man with muscles, and you blew that guy up and then you ate that, that would just be nothing but radical. Yeah, like, it's it's complicated, right? It's totally cool that you can just eat your fucking victims. Like, that's awesome. I mean, it's very metal. What? <laughs> but... <laughs> like, aesthetically, that's one of the coolest ways to, like, heal I have ever seen in a game. Because it, it, cause it makes you feel integrated. Because the other health power-ups are just... They're just blue orbs. Like, what is that? I don't know. But a demon eating, like, other demons and getting more power? That's completely, like, visceral and neat. Probably the artist just only wanted to draw naked ladies lying on the ground. Yeah. And, like, had a choice between... It's just, like, one-off stuff. Like, you know, you can, you can eat those demons, but there's only, like, two different types that you can do that with. Three if you count, like, palette swaps. I probably had it. Well, we're going to have this very limited mechanic in the game. What are we gonna? Who do we want to draw? You know, most people explode when you kill them. Who do we want to draw? Hey, such and such, you're responsible for this. What do you think? Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna draw naked lady sprites. Probably. It's just kind of funny, like mechanically, because there's just all of these weird kind of like unnecessary one-off mechanics that exist. Like, there's a single key in the game? <laughs> there's, there's two keys in the game. R really? Where's the other key? I remember yeah. the one in the fire level. There's one... Uh, there is one earlier. I remember picking it up. But of course, I have no the memory. Not when I've been eating people. 
<laughs> and then the the train has like destroyable crates, but there's not really any reason to destroy them. I think oh, yeah. maybe some of them have like items in them at the end. I think destroyable like, crates with bombs on the side. It's great. Yeah, that way and you they know they will explode. I think if you blow up the crates near an enemy they die but that none of the enemies really get near the crates there's also we didn't mention this at, at any point but you can pick up blue and red gem things so the blue ones heal you and the red ones destroy everything on the screen but they appear I'm... at very specific points they're not randomly dropped and i think there's only one red one I think there's I, I know, and if you pick up your fairy wife and you already have a fairy wife, everyone explodes. Yeah, that's, but that's also, true. I know I picked, I know I blew out uh, crates from underneath enemies that were standing right on them, and they didn't even appear to get damaged. Oh, so they just have bombs on the side for no fucking reason, except to show that they explode. Let's talk about that fairy wife, because this is an interesting mechanic. So, when you start the game, your your dead wife turns into a fairy without arms. The fairy uh, will just hover close by you and occasionally attack uh, enemies, and in fact is always active in that way. So if somebody like, she'll kind of float behind and above you. If somebody... Uh, falls down on you from behind and above, she'll hit even if she's not attacking. So it's kind of this little extra layer of protection. In addition to being an extra layer of protection, uh, if you die, um, she will revive you and then disappear. So you get to come back to life without losing a life or having to go back to start a stage, but you lose your fairy wife. And I, So how do you get her back again? You have to pick something up? You go by... Yeah, it's like a holographic. She's full-sized. She's just a green glowing wife that turns into a fairy wife. Also, I just looked it up, and uh, the centipede boss drops a key. So that's two keys in the entire game. What is it a key to? Uh, I think uh, like wall. Yeah, like gate. It's not. It doesn't really look like a gate. It's, it's just like a segment of wall. It's one of those unlockable oh. walls. So, like, don't you, don't you have an unlockable wall in your home? <laughs> I have like four of them. Oh. I'm very jealous of all your unlockable walls. Um. <laughs> so yeah, the fairy wife's a whole thing. Um, and then there's this game is kind of weird because like most actiony platformers like contra is a great example of of that even though this is very different there's a lot of regular enemies and then there's a big boss at the end of the level and you fight the boss and maybe sometimes there's a mid boss but this game has lots of bosses it it, it actually if if you want to go back a long time it reminds me a bit of um ah fuck what was the game that we played shit i have to look it up now it was a long time ago um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it, there's a lot of bosses, um, which I found to be kind of interesting. Um, did anybody have like a favorite boss or maybe a truly hated boss? I hate Space Godzilla. Um, I mean, only in this game, outside of the game, I love Space Godzilla. Um, 
except when Space Godzilla is beating up regular Godzilla because regular Godzilla is my friend. But uh, Space Godzilla, which in the game is actually the true form of your demon friend, your friend who became a demon who betrayed you, um, it's just really obnoxious. I had to really abuse my built-in rewind feature on my Super Nintendo Entertainment System. Could this be because I'm withdrawing from a brain drug and I'm all frazzled? Maybe. Probably just because I suck at video games. But, yeah, it's... I was a dragon and it was very hard to do the proper double jump height, shoot him in the face with my Mega Man breath weapon. I'm just going to keep talking. He sucks, and he looks like Space Godzilla. <laughs> so, um, he's bad, and I hate him. Good job, Shrek. He shoots you with a big ice thing, and it was difficult to dodge the giant ice uh, block that he generates and throws at you because I was the dragon who has a very long body when he's crouching on the ground. And... The dragon is garbage when fighting space Godzilla, who would have thought, obviously, this game is garbage because the dragon should be the most powerful form when fighting space Godzilla because it's the lizard form and closest to Godzilla. And that's how I feel about this. Oh, I guess his name is True Bear. Yeah, Bear. Ironic, because he's a total headache to fight. Yeah. <laughs> yep, yep. Yeah. Oh, God. Uh, I, I did not care much for the eye boss. He just zips around, like, and is very annoying. Uh, and I didn't like the giant, like, icicle that you had to fight. Like, just giant bosses that, like, hog up the screen. Um, and then move around a lot. I'm not a fan of those kind of bosses. Um, the other ones were fine, uh, given the game, because I was not a fan of this game's guns at all. They're very tiny, laser-thin projectiles, and enemies fly at you from odd angles, and you can't hit them most of the time because your character moves very slowly. And it's not especially great. I am not actually a fan of this game at all. See, that's when you use your charge attack to hit the big eyeball. Like, that made that fight the cakewalk. I was lettuce fighting it and then just... Can I just say that this game has a flower in it that ha- that shoots stuff at you and inside the flower pet- petals is a skull and that enemy is also essentially in plock and I feel like that is a reference to something that I don't understand. Also that shows up in Little Shop of Horrors, the original 1950-ish whatever movie because after the big plant eats everyone it opens the flowers and there's faces inside. I just I feel like it's referencing something Jake. I don't understand. Kania, mightn't it be if Little Shop of Horrors came out in the fifties and those things came out in the nineties, might they be referencing Little Shop of Horrors? But but why would they reference the shitty version of Little Shop of Horrors when they could reference the musical version of Little Shop of Horrors, which doesn't have that? Because <laughs> Nintendo already has piranha plants, and everyone's just going to think you're ripping off a piranha plant. Uh, it must it must be little it must be that Little Shop of Horrors reference. By the way, Jack Nicholson's in that.
He's in. He's he's the guy who loves going to the dentist because it's painful. Just wanted to just throw that out there. I already said this earlier, but the best boss is the Anomalocaris because it's a dead thing, and I love extinct dead things, even if it has attacks that you can't dodge because it's. Which boss? The this. green wormy thing. That boss is why I didn't get farther in the game and why I'm pretty quiet this episode. <laughs> it is a brutal boss, but it looks awesome. And that is... So, Anomalocaris. Anomalocaris. What is that? Like, in real life? It's, uh, very... It's, like, from the Cambrian or something. It was, like, the world's first super predator. It's a three-foot-long shrimp that just killed every. Oh, that fucking rules. And it looks exactly like that. Like, it is like that, but longer. So, um, it's clear, it's a clear reference to that. <laughs> um, I, I personally, um, looking at, uh, by the way, the, the game I was thinking of is, uh, Gekage no Kitaro. That's the game I was thinking of in terms of being a sort of shooting boss rush, but, uh, on retrospect, it's not really that similar. Um, my favorite boss is probably the, uh, the the weird scythe throwing skeleton on the train like it's a mid boss but you just it it has scythes for arms and it throws them at you and it's actually pretty easy to kill but it's super nasty looking and I love it. <laughs> I mean the similarity I can see with Gekigen no Kitaro is uh, the undodgeable attacks. There do seem uh, to be a fair amount of those, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, undodgeable attacks and a difficulty curve that is completely out of whack with uh, what would normally be considered uh, fair or reasonable. Like, this game doesn't play very fair, and neither does Gedeye. I would consider this game infinitely more fair than Gedeye, though. Oh, yeah, absolutely. What were people running into with the undodgeable attacks? Because the only one that came close to that that took me a while was the, the lightning attack from the whatever that boss was with the two hands. So well, like, that I, centipede mid boss is a little hard to dodge all of the attacks. A few of them, it's, uh, it's very finicky, but uh, like when I say undodgeable attacks, I mean, practically undodgeable. I have to mention for the, the centipede boss, the, the little generic gun guy can just duck and avoid everything. <laughs> So it sounds like maybe the true easy path through this is just not becoming a demon, which is amazing. No, that the, between the angel lightning attack and then the centipede, I found those to be totally undodgeable. And I just had to basically, I, I used a lot of save states to get past that because it was it was a war of attrition versus um, <clears throat> actually being able to dodge some of them. Specifically, the one where it spins in that like tight circle across the screen very slowly. Um, and I just could not find, I found, I dodged it once and was not able to recreate it. The timing on it was impeccable seemingly. And I, I couldn't get past it. Um, but you know, it wasn't nearly like Gekage no Kitaro is, is an interesting comparison because there are some similarities in terms of like big demons, lots of attacks, lots of bosses, but like it is way more fair um, this game is way more fair than Kitaro was. So, so I think my least favorite boss was the the little Hydra thing in the like near the end of the game. It's just like a little like snake-headed thing that 
just goes straight at you and there's no real mechanics or it's just kind of like a nothing of a boss. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, that, so it's yeah, that's Medusa. Yeah, I felt like it was kind of crap. <laughs> yeah, and, and it, it feels like they had like they needed an extra boss and they had made that sprite anyway. Well, then it reuses a sprite from one of the enemies <laughs> in stage four. Oh, it too. does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me find. Uh, I can't find it. It's. I think it's on the train. It just like flies up and down. That's the head. <laughs> oh right, right, yeah. So it's pretty crap. <laughs> also, the yeah, the enemy on the train—that is the one thing that the gun guy cannot deal with. It's impossible to hit it. Interesting. Okay, it's a very weird game. Think, uh, and my my favorite one, I think, was the the end boss, the demon form of the daughter. Spoiler. Yeah, so this game ends with you fighting your own daughter, and then there's two endings. Spoiler, spoiler, spoiler for this billion-year-old game. Um, if you have picked one of each demon you, and turn into the ultimate demon, you understand the the more demon side of life, and you save your daughter, and you become... This is the exact quote, and I should probably save this, but it is... <laughs> the the daughter says as long as I'm with you I could do anything and Abel says and so shall I become the king of demons which is very like uh, you know and now I see Halo like it's it's very bad but um yeah it it's it's weird but anyway that was a that was a fun boss I had to power through I mean no that's not true I had to cheat through the last boss because I was just getting frustrated I could not beat it legit we have truly found ourselves on a planet of halos. <laughs> yeah. Do you and, think? Oh, go on. And I can really say that this was Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. <laughs> do you do you think that he became the king of demons in another game where you have to kill and become the king of demons? Like, if this game's old enough to make a sequel, maybe. <laughs> I just mean maybe maybe every King of Demon where you have to kill the King of Demons and become the King of Demons was a character who killed the King of Demons and became the King of Demons in another game with that plot, because there were a lot of those. I'm down to my last magazine. I never would have thought when I got out of space bed this morning that this would be the fall of reach, comma Halo. <laughs> Oh, shit. <laughs> it's been an honor serving with you, sir or ma'am. <laughs> or other. All right. <laughs> Every day, I praise God that I am a member of ODST, comma, Halo. <laughs> Fuck. All right. Um... <laughs> I, I I don't know what else to talk about in the gun of this game. It's a it's an action platformer. It's not as slow as Blackthorn, but it's not as fast as many other games. It's not as interesting as Demon's Crest, but it's fine to play and it's got a, one of the only pseudo hit scan weapons in SNES history. What else do we have to say about it? Well, everybody has a dive kick, and the only one that's really useful is the dragons because it gets you the most distance. I refuse to accept the dragon is useful for anything. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. 
Honestly, I think one of the things I would say about this game is that when you are given precise controls, I find it pretty satisfying to to control. Like, I don't really have anything else to say. Also, I just beat the eyeball uh, kid, and, uh, you know, that eyeball kid's a total pushover if you know uh, the pattern. Yeah, I think, like, I think that's the thing. Everything about this game feels pretty smooth. Like, I can say a ton of weird negative things about it, but it, it kind of goes, goes over very well for me. Like, if I had had, if I had physically had this game as a kid, I think I actually could have beaten it. The not a speed run, just no deaths video of this on YouTube is 35 minutes. And it just kind of flows. Um, and it's not great, but it's not terrible by any means. Um, it, it, it very much has its charms and I appreciate that. So, um, but yeah, you know, it's just like, like you said, Tulpa, you can move and that's good. It feels good to move in this game and it feels good to shoot things. And it's just, you know, it's not a bad game at all. Uh, I didn't think it felt good to move. <laughs> I mean, it's it, there is a weird... Okay, so the jump... Actually, this I should point out. The jump is a weird pseudo-Castlevania jump. So once you're dedicated to a jump, you can affect the momentum, but not tremendously. It's not like Mario. Um, but then you have a double jump as well, which does completely change your momentum. But once you're dedicated to that, you can't change the momentum of it either. So the jumping is honestly a little weird. <laughs> The the charge attacks too have like a, a lot of startup time on them. So like actually using those like out of a jump is it takes some getting used. You do have a handy meter, so you know exactly how long it's going to take. But oh, I, I meant like when you let go of the button, it does like game, a startup animation. Does this game have like hidden level up mechanics? Because occasionally your health just goes up, and it's not like related to fighting. Oh, oh right. yeah. 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 Uh, it's tied to score. Your score determines your health bar. Every 5,000 points, you get more health. I completely forgot about that, and that totally baffled me while I was playing until I figured that out. Yeah, it's it's completely tied to score, and seem it, it tends to go with the bosses. Now, did, we should talk about death very briefly, because, well, we should just always talk about death because it's a goth podcast. Um, When you die, you go back to the start of the level, you don't lose too much, but if you run out of... Con- you don't even go back to the start of the level, you go back to the last checkpoint, if I remember correctly, and there are invisible checkpoints. Um... When you lose all your lives, there is not that you have unlimited continues, which is great, and it only brings you to the start of that level. So it's like you lose all the checkpoints, but you don't lose any other progress. But it resets your score to zero, so you have much less health, and so it's actually kind of punishing in that way. Um, it's sort of an interesting system. I'm not sure I like it, but it's it is interesting. But yeah, so there you go. I'm glad you mentioned that, Topa, because I completely forgot about that. Yeah, the game kind of felt like um, like putting Simon Belmont in a Contra level. Uh, it's just you, you, everything moves faster than you, and like just your character just cannot react to things in time unless you like see it coming or you just kind of guess. Um, and just. Over the years, I've seen a lot of people like talk about how much they, they like this game. I think it's like amazing, and honestly, and maybe this is 
my bias towards Sega that I'm showing here, but I think it really does say a lot that this is considered to be like an all-time classic on the SNES when really, at best, it's like a mediocre, easily forgettable Genesis game. <laughs> right. It's uh, kind of like a, a generic Genesis game. That is a pretty apt descriptor of I mean, I mean it, it maybe... looks incredible, and that's really all it has going for it. See, I don't know. I I actually do think this game is incredible. Like, I like I've only been playing for an hour and a half now, and I have not f- hit a point where I've been like disappointed by anything. And I honestly do think this like holds up to like uh, the best Genesis games. Like, I would play this alongside Contra Hardcore or whatever. Hope we're getting a divorce. <laughs> what? <laughs> that is so completely wrong. I like I don't even hate this game and that is just I don't even know. Like I How can it be wrong to enjoy this game as much as Contra Hardcore? I don't like Contra it's... Hardcore, so I don't know. Because Contra Hardcore <laughs> is like it's like if somebody compacted Joy into a game cartridge and put that game cartridge into a Sega Genesis. Yeah, and I feel basically the same way about this. This game is like eating a nice candy bar and saying that was okay. <laughs> See, I'm not really disappointed by this at all. Like, I, I, I've been smiling the entire time I've been playing this. I don't think it's bad at all. I... I don't know if I would say it's, like, a classic, necessarily. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm saying. It's like, this is fine. There's a lot of good things about it, but it's... It's more like... Contra Hardcore! See, this is where I jump in and say you should be playing Psycho Dream, which is another post-apocalyptic demon invasion game where you get turned in demons, but uh, it's actually kind of interesting. I, I I actually like Psycho Dream. I remember playing it uh, a long time ago, and it has really weird music. And the music was so abrasive to me, I, I couldn't play it. But I do want to get back to that. I don't like Contra Hardcore, and I like this game better than Contra Hardcore. Um, I would also say that it is a smooth experience while not being memorable. So it's, I'm a, kind of in a weird position here. <laughs> but it is interesting how. Like, I think that this game is at that level where you can play it and get kind of different things out of it. Like, it's it's not going to punish you for playing the game. It's not... It, it never becomes trivial. It never becomes, like, slogging through it either. So it's, it's, it's interesting. I personally don't think it has a good enough hook to make me, like think of this game more than is necessary for the podcast and I'm, I'm interested in Tulpa that you are more like this is an awesome game I think it's really cool so um, it's it uh, in other words uh, it's a many fa- it's multifaceted <laughs> I mean I think part of my reaction is that I've like really clicked with the mechanics I didn't expect that but like it feels very intuitive to me uh, I I haven't had to like spam save states or anything that uh and uh i don't know like uh, i think it's because the rolling is so satisfying and it makes you go super fast so that you can in fact just twitch reacts to everything yeah i definitely never felt like it was unfair 
it was maybe not responsive, but it, it never felt like unfair. But like, how is it unresponsive? Like, when I hit a button, it, I do the thing with, so far, three of the forms. Yeah, I've... yeah but you keep doing it. It's sort of what, like it has the Castlevania jump, uh, your charge attacks, you commit to them. That's kind of what I meant. I hate committing to anything in life. <laughs> and when I encounter commitment in a video game, I instinctively recoil from it, especially if I encounter it in dragon form. So, um, all right. I think we've kind of we we we've we've talked about gun and i don't think i think the interesting thing about this game is it's many things to many people but i don't have a lot more that i think we're gonna dig out with gun i would like to move on to our salary man corner but i didn't fucking prepare a game for that um so 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 we're not gonna fucking do that because i screwed up um can it just be sacrifice corner where you insist that people should play sacrifice because it's great Welcome to Sacrifice Corner, where I insist that people play Sacrifice because it's great. (laughs) Sacrifice is a 1999, I think, game maybe 2000, released by Shiny for the PC. It is a real-time strategy game where you play as a commander in the field, so it, it's kind of like a third-person shooter in controls, but it's actually a real-time strategy game, and you summon monsters, and you uh, attack other wizards, and you cast spells, and it's wonderful. The story mode has five different gods, and you can choose different gods to do different missions with, and you get different creatures every time. Uh, the voice acting is incredible. Tim Curry's in it. Uh, the guy who played uh, Raymond's brother and everybody loves Raymond is in it. That's a good one. Uh, Jennifer Hale is in it. She does great work. Um, the guy, the guy who's the colonel in um, uh, Metal Gear Solid is in it. I don't remember his name. And also Tony Jay, who is the uh, Eldritch uh, bad guy in the Soul Reaver series, uh, or Legacy of Kane, but starting with Soul Reaver. Um, it is an amazing game. You should come watch me stream it uh, every Wednesday, maybe, uh, at Mixer.com slash Vassalcania. It's like Castlevania, but with the VNC switched. Um, it's one of my favorite games. It has a beautiful aesthetic. It, uh, it, you can buy it on GOG, but don't buy it. Just, just, just don't buy it. I'll just say that because Gog is is evil. Um, that's it. It's a good game. Everybody should play it. It's so fucking hey, good. Can I can I take a, mo- a moment to mention that I'm just floored that Shiny made a good game? Yeah, like it's sort of shocking. Hold on, they have made two good games. They also <laughs> made MDK. Oh, I need to. Play don't that. you dare besmirch the good name of MDK, which maybe stands for Murder Death Kill, and maybe doesn't. It Who definitely knows? does. Okay, it's it's Murder Death Kill, like in like in uh, Demolition Man starring Sylvester Stallone and Wesley Snipes. All right. Okay, uh, so Shiny made two good games out of eight hundred game. <laughs> So every- out of like five games they didn't make that yeah it was like earthworm gem earthworm gem 2 mdk and, and- aladdin oh they aladdin. didn't make aladdin i thought they made aladdin no I think they did oh clay clay fighter did they make clay nope. fighter no just earthworm gym was in it they made earthworm gym mdk wild nine rc stunt copter messiah 
sacrifice, enter the Matrix, and then a bunch of licensed shit after. So the end of the Matrix path of Neo is extremely powerful. That's, like, worth... Yeah, they they made that one, yeah. too. So, uh... Yeah. yeah. So, so, honestly, like... Three out of their, like, six games are worth looking at. Yeah, RC Stuntcopter is a fucking jam. The team from Aladdin formed the core of Shiny when he when uh, Dave Perry founded Shiny, so it's functionally a Shiny game to me. Anyway, Earthworm Jim well, was made by a, a, a person who hates gay people. Fucking, a man who compares gay people game. to dogs. <laughs> <laughs> fuck That's Earthworm Jim and fuck Doug Tennant. Yeah, both. it's a thing that yeah, Earthworm Jim is a fucking pub- travesty. <laughs> it's also a bad game. But it is. It's not a good game. It has great music, even though Tony Tallarico is also apparently an asshole. But I'm not here to spread rumors. I don't know. Um, let's move on to our next topic. <laughs> Thank you, Tulpa, for that that uh, idea. I, I'm glad I can proselytize sacrifice to everyone who's around me all the time because it's a wonderful game and everyone should play it. Let's move on to our next topic, which is, of course, as always, investigation. Where we talk about things we found outside the game, things in the manual, whatever the fuck we want to. This is sort of like free for all. Um, but Tiger, you said you had some stuff to go into investigation. I'm very yeah, curious. It's just mostly a little detail. Like, I'm really fascinated uh, throughout this thing because I didn't play a ton of this game uh, by my own admission. I, I decided, like, hey, so, so what did the company that made it do? And First of all, uh, on Super Nintendo, a shit fuck ton of pachinko games. A lot of pachinko games. Uh, they also, but um, in addition to that, they were an anime production company. But looking at their credits, I don't think they actually were the main studio on maybe anything. I think these were the people who did what's known in animation as like the the like the tweens the like you have have uh, certain artists who will drew keyframes which are uh, the main bits that animation's made out of and then you'll do like uh, then you'll draw frames between those frames to finish the animation and they did a lot of audio production work a lot a lot of audio production work like providing studios uh, I think they actually like looking at their credits right now uh, they did not do tweening at all. I think their main activity was uh, giving people money and studios. Is that the case? Okay, that makes sense. It's interesting to note that they their games claim to be developed in-house. I wonder how many of these might have been made by ghost developers, you know? Which company are we talking about? Oh, KSS. K- yeah, KSS. Are they the developers or just the that's the they're I see it as Nihon Soft System as the developer. Okay. They're on a lot of the sources I'm finding, and boy, as we all know, internet sources on Japanese game developers are always accurate. A lot of places are just listing them as the developer, which doesn't make sense to me that they would be mostly providing production work and money for anime, and then in video games, no, we got all our game programmers here. Um, yeah. 
but they've paid for and provided studio services for a lot of stuff and a lot of stuff that's kind of horny. I was gone for a moment and all I came back to was they've paid for a lot of stuff that was horny. I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> Actually, it seems like the development team is mostly people from Media Muse, which did three games. And uh, it's also notable that this company published another Super Nintendo Exploration Squad game, uh, Bishojo Wrestler Retsuden Blizzard Yuki Renyu. Oh, shit. My debut. Yeah, it yeah. was. That's the only one I was able to find. Yeah, yeah, that was published by KSS. Oh, uh, they actually, I found the list of games that are probably developed by uh, Media Muse. It seems like their only Super Nintendo release otherwise was uh, Mujinto Monogatari, which is a survival life simulation about, it seems like it's an adventure game about living on a deserted island after a plane crash, which sounds pretty decent, actually. They made like four of those, so it was a very popular series for them. Oh, interesting. That sounds... (laughs) I was wondering if that's the one that turned into... Shit, what was that Game Boy Advance game? Like, Island Kids? No, it's not Lost in Blue. No, Lost in Blue's Konami, isn't it? Ah, okay. Because Survival Kids was Konami. Survival Kids, that's what it was. Yeah, this isn't the Lost in Blue or Survival Kids series. It seems to be similar. That's kind of been a thing for a while, the, the Survival Sim. Uh, there's also, yeah, they also di- worked or were adjacent on a lot of porn games, including having a dedicated porn game label called Pink Pineapple. Yeah, I hate that name so much. <laughs> Pink Pineapple, no! And published a Super Nintendo game, Casper! I can, I can taste Pink Pineapple. Ugh. <laughs> Oh, God, I hate that. Okay, well, that's interesting. I wish I I could tell the difference between all of these Pachinko games because I know some that one of them has to have been on one of the previous casts, but I cannot remember every Pachinko game. We've definitely played, like, three of KSS's Pachinko games. Yeah. But not one of my favorites, which is Pachinko Monogatari 2, Nagoya's... uh, Shachihoko no Teo, I am sorry for mispronouncing that, because I definitely did, which has some of the best box art I've ever seen. Which none of the listeners can see that I just dropped into chat. That box art's amazing. That's some fucking, like, ultra-realistic loop on the third in the, uh, like, uh, background. Somebody describe. So uh, I'm gonna try my best to describe this. So it is. It's a- like it's like that Vince McMahon gift on a SNES box. It's it's a plastic looking salary man smoking a cigarette while two half naked ish women drinking martinis sit on his head. So they're small. It's like they're coming out of his brain. It's weird. And the game itself is really cool, like, from an aesthetic perspective. You're, like, in this mysterious tower, and you have to pachinko your way to the top. And the objective seems to be to get the password for a mysterious bank vault at the bottom of the building. 
and it's all in Japanese, so I can't play it, but I legitimately have spent a lot of time playing the stupid pachinko game just because of how, like, it feels like you're just in this gorgeous cigarette-stained, like, fever dream. <laughs> That's incredible. You could play the, uh, the Adam West's Golden Nugget PlayStation game. Excuse me. <laughs> it's like I a, take it's it like a someone game. doesn't know about Gold Nugget. Oh my god. <laughs> Gold Nugget is a gambling situation video game set at the Golden Nugget Hotel Casino in Las Vegas for the PlayStation and Windows. It features 16 gambling games in a story mode that includes a character portrayed by actor Adam West. I had no idea this was a thing. And you're, like, gambling to to help him solve his, like, secret agent-esque case to to get this, like, chaos theory microchip. Holy shit, this is incredible. Yeah, miss, it features a mystery-themed story mode in which the player takes the role of poker player Stephen Kilsborg, whose ex-girlfriend, scientist Dr. Shelley Harkness, has used chaos theory thanks jurassic park to create the chaos chip a microchip capable of advanced problem solving and you have to recover it by playing poker with the help from hugh swain portrayed by adam west and it's an fmv game plus a gambling game jesus christ (laughs) real rival to uh uh uh, Minnesota Fats Pool Legend. Minnesota Fats. Neat. <laughs> that's a that's an FMV pool game. Beautiful. <laughs> Starring Fats. Starring Adam West. They didn't have that kind of money. <laughs> um. Okay. I don't know what that game el- didn't even have the budget for a boom mic. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, they published a sumo wrestling game. Uh, sorry, sumo wrestling management sim. <laughs> that sounds amazing. Yokozuna Monogatari, a sumo game for the Super Famicom that focuses on management aspects, training sumo wrestlers, and setting up bouts to improve their ranking. Earning money from sumo matches allows the player to hire stronger wrestlers who naturally ask for more money to be recruited. The goal is to train a sumo wrestler to Yokozuna or Grand Champion level. Yay! Oh, one of the people who did the music on Magio did the music in Castlevania Chronicles, which is weird. Wait, which one is Castlevania Chronicles? It's the PlayStation remake one, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's the PlayStation Remake one. It has new arrangements of music. Ah, weird. Uh, anything else for investigation? (laughs) I don't know where this this falls exactly, but we haven't talked about um, Abel's cat. Oh, I love Abel's cat. I don't know what we're talking about, so somebody's going to have to fill me in. Abel's cat shows up in the opening cutscene. When when Abel falls and uh, he sees a an image of his family um, telling him to get up and keep fighting, the, 
monster holding a cat. The cat gets a line. I didn't cat understand what the line was about until I realized, oh, there's a cat in this image. Yeah. Oh, there is a cat. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Elia. Meow! <laughs> oh, wow, I didn't notice that uh, his daughter is, like, having it wave its hand. Oh, that's, that's very cute. cute. Yeah. So, the the daughter's name, in the English translation at least, is Iria, I-R-I-A, and the cat's name is Elia, E-L-I-A. I don't know what to think of that. <laughs> Oh, I would like to note that uh, the developers of this game uh, also made another game that uh, I was actually just screening today for the shitty fighting game tournaments that we're going to be having in France in this year. Uh, it did not make the cut, so I will reveal that they made uh, the Goiken uh, Muyo series of fighting games that are just terrible in a not interesting way. That's too bad. It's terrible in a not interesting way. They also made a strategy game? The Hay and Storm biography? That sounds pretty rad. That sounds like they're uh, trying to do the uh, Nobunaga's ambition kind of thing. Yeah, it looks kind of like that. It's weird that like every everything I look for for this company shows only like a single game that they made, and it's always like a different game. Well, uh, Media Muse is the company you probably want to investigate because that seems to be the specific team that works on uh, Majuo. Uh, they seem to mostly only work with KSS anyway. Uh, I was just going off what I saw on Wikipedia, which was Nihon Soft System, which is, like, the most generic name. I, I think Wikipedia is actually more wrong than everyone else. <laughs> like, uh, Majuo is enlisted here, but the staff is, like, 90% the same. I just want to say that uh, the, the daughter's name is Iria, I-R-I-A. And we played a game named Hyper Area earlier based on an anime. I just, I just, I was trying to, to rack my brain on why is that name familiar? Uh, oh yeah, we played a fucking game based on it. Jesus Christ. Yeah, so this game featured cameoed regular area. And, <laughs> Instead of uh, Hyper Area. Yeah. Hyper Area is definitely just a spin. <laughs> um, okay. Any other, any other nice nuggets for investigation? Before we move on to Revelation, I think I think we've drained this of all of its investigatory blood. Um, so we're going to talk about its revelatory blood in our final category, which is as always and has always been since episode one, Revelation. Uh, Revelation is where we kind of sum up our feelings, our thoughts about the game, and if we want to, we can give a bottom line review, which is usually a one sentence version of the same thing we just said. Um, so, uh, who wants to go first? Who wants to sum up their experience with King of Demons? No one. Alright, that's cool. 
<laughs> I can I can go because I'm probably going to be kind of short. Cool. So yeah, my experience was I played two levels of this, um, and I watched the whole game played. But what I'll say is, um, when I played these two le- the two levels, I, I kind of started thinking about the the idea of cinematic platformers, which is a term for basically clones of the game Another World and Prince of Persia. Uh, you sh- but at it like uh, it's slower, it's more deliberate than most platformers. But the idea is it's supposed to be making you feel like you're in a movie. And I thought that for especially the opening levels of this game, and to an extent throughout, this game did a much better job of that than any so-called cinematic platformer. It feels like... It, like, especially the first level, it felt like, oh yeah, I'm doing a thing, I'm in the middle of this cool animated action sequence, the plot is moving forward, everything about this kind of fits together and feels like a coherent narrative thing, and that's really unusual in a game. And while that kind of comes and goes throughout the whole game, it definitely feels more like that. And one of my biggest points of comparison would be um, the vastly, vastly, vastly superior uh, Contra Hardcore, uh, which does that and is also, like, one of the best games ever made as opposed to a merely good game. Um, And yeah, I really like that aspect of it, and I'd like to see more games that did this, and it's just not as much of a thing, it feels like to me. Especially, like, 2D games from this era. And, like, it also is cool because unlike a lot of, say, contemporary cinematic games, which often feel like you're supposed to be jumping through hoops, and you jump through the hoop and you make the movie happen, uh, or you're just watching a movie and sometimes you have to press a button, this feels like you're playing a game naturalistically and the naturalistic experience of the game makes it feel cinematic. And I think that's really impressive. And I... and. it's a real triumph of this game in this particular aspect. Mm, I think I mentioned earlier that, you know, like I said, I didn't think the game played particularly well. It looked great. Um, you know, it made a good first impression, but it did wear out its welcome pretty quickly, like a bad house guest. Um, and it really just didn't have the staying power for uh, to, to play it more than once despite the fact that I have, in fact, played it more than once. Uh, but that, I think that's more a personal problem than uh, anything else. Not not good. Not a good game. I think this game is pretty good. It's pretty much... Uh, it is. It feels like it's alone in being a blatant Jonah uh, uh, Jai riff in video game form. Like, there are not a lot of explicitly Gonagai-influenced games that I can think of. I mean, besides uh, besides the 3D Ninja Gaiden games, but those games fucking suck. Yeah. Shots fired. <laughs> Shin Megami Tensei is not a Gonagai riff. So, uh, to me, this game sort of... It feels like if, like, an intern at Treasure was, like, told to Like, it has all of the sort of one-off weird mechanics, and it's got lots of ideas, and you're never really doing the same thing, like, level to level. I mean, you're shooting stuff, but there's always some sort of weird 
gimmick. And those gimmicks don't necessarily work, but they're there. They're sort of what it is. So it's it's fine, you know, as a game, but I feel like it's kind of like a good entry-level game for somebody looking for this kind of thing. Like, post-apocalyptic demons and shit. This is, like, a good way to get them started, because it's kind of bland, and and it plays well. It's just, you know... It, it's it's fine. And there's, there's a cool dragon in it, and that dragon... This game taught me that I hate cool dragons. Um, maybe I just hate being cool dragons. This game is very consistent about how when you have wings, you don't get to have arms, which I guess is cool. This game knits its levels together in interesting ways. There's a part where you kill a weird exposed brain crustacean monster train engine cast through the walls of a city then you're assaulted by homing snowballs you're tossed into an auto-strolling stomp palace or a strange creature you never you've never seen before and you never see them again maybe it's some kind of crustacean crustacean yes crustacean it's a combination of crustacean and Frustration it just keeps lowering its belly onto you. It has it has ice hanging from it. Look, I'm not exactly awake anymore. The point is, that's quite a gauntlet, and I guess I can respect that, but I can't respect the lack of responsiveness when I'm trying to shoot my breath weapon as an allegedly cool dragon. This game is fine. This game did introduce me to my fairy wife. Her shape and size won't be the one featured on the cover of Cosmopolitan, but it's the one featured in my life and my heart. There's nothing <laughs> sexier to me than a woman who is both winged and confident. This fairy girl I married fills out every inch of her room because she can fly. She can reach every corner of the ceiling without a ladder and is still the most beautiful one in the room. Guys, rethink what society has told you that you should desire. A real woman is not a porn star or a bikini mannequin or even a human being at all. She's real. She has beautiful wings where you expect arms and a magical connection to hell. She will attack all of your enemies, but only after she's rested for a second. Girls, don't oh ever God. fool yourself oh by no. thinking you have to fit a certain mold to be appreciated. There's a guy out there who is going to celebrate you for exactly who you are. Someone who will love your 12-inch, armless, flying-killing machine of a body <laughs> like I love my fairy wife's body. Also, just her as an individual. I love my, I love my fairy wife. <laughs> Shrug, you've you've truly, you've elevated this podcast to new levels. 
Um, right, I just wanted to add one more thing where, like, Close said it feels like an internet treasure did it, and that's what this feels like. It's just, like, a kind of beginner kind of thing. It Yeah, it is, it is weird. It feels like somebody who didn't entirely know what kind of video game they wanted to make made it. And it's fine. It's just fine. This does have an aura of enthusiastic student project. Like, there's a lot of cool ideas. It especially starts really strong. Um, There's a lot of, like, tiny little details that somebody focused in on. And... Which is, and sometimes the big picture gets a little blurrier, which is usually the sign of someone who's a little bit more amateur. Because it's not necessarily that amateurs are, like, super incompetent. It's just that amateurs often get hung up on small details rather than big picture stuff. I don't really, I feel like this game is very polished. I, I don't get the idea, I don't get the vibe of amateurishness. I feel like student project is a good way to put this because it's somebody who wants to be a professional and who has a lot of professional ideas, but is not quite there. I feel like if they'd made King of Demons 2, it would have been beyond the level of what it's at now by far, um, because there's so many good ideas. There's so much inspiration there. And I guess this is just leading into me doing my, my summary, my revelations here. I feel like this game was good enough that's that's and 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 that is damning with faint praise but i did enjoy my time with it i very much enjoyed streaming it mixer.com slash festivalcania and i just you know i had a good time with it i don't have a lot negative to say about it and unfortunately i don't have a lot positive to say about it either it's just sort of existed for me um i think it's very competent I think it makes me happy when I play it. I do remember smiling a lot during it, but it just didn't stick with me. It didn't have the hook. Um, you know, so it's a bit unfortunate, but I, I had a good enough time with it, and I did not have a bad time with it like I had with Funetaro, which is an episode you will never hear because I lost a bunch of the audio. <laughs> so, um, any other closing notes for Revelation? Anybody have any mini revelations while we were doing this? Or can I go into my spiel? Spiel. 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 <laughs> All right. So that is it for this podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you had a good time listening to us talk about a game you've probably never played. Hey, everyone, where can people find you if they want more of you? Uh, you can find me... Uh pretending to run a Dungeons and Dragons game at the No Rangers Allowed podcast. You can find me on Twitter as Memorious Talk, or you can find me on Twitch as Tupler, where I intend to return to streaming every Thursday, three to six PST. I'm Automatic Tiger, and you can find me on Twitter as at Automatic Tiger. On this very podcast stream, I do, in theory, alternating episodes with this podcast of The Book of Mega Drive. Um, it's like this show, a lot like this show. Many of the same people are on that show, and it's on the same podcast feed. But instead of being about Nintendo, we're about Sega! Because we're doing what Nintendon't over on that podcast, and it's really good. You should listen to it. Uh, ne- like... The last episode we did was about, like, a demonic breakout game. Like, where do you get shit like that? I don't know. On that podcast, I guess. Uh, we also got a Twitter feed for that called 
That's at Book of Mega Drive. That's a that's a pretty cool Twitter to follow if you want to find updates on that and vote on upcoming Book of Mega Drive episodes, which uh, there should be a vote coming up. And well, I don't know when this is coming out relative to when the vote's happening, but you'll find the votes when you uh, when you follow it. I'm going to try to get this out within a week, so we'll see if cool. that's that's realistic. <laughs> Editors note that was not realistic. If you do that, then there should be a then there might even be a vote happening like then. Like we'll see. We'll see. Actually, this is awkward because like I was going to get my episode out in a week. <laughs> well, if it ends up happening like that, we'll figure out a better schedule. Okay, um, I'm closed. You can find me, I guess, basically nowhere. I don't really have much of an internet presence. I have a a Twitter which is False City. It has one tweet from like two years ago so enjoy it uh, it's me shrug um shrug on the forums at shrugoplus on twitter uh where you will find evidence of the fact that i do not in fact have a fairy wife i'm sorry i'm sorry that was a bit uh, I'm also on No Rangers Allowed, uh, Annoying Tulpa by Being a Dwarf. Uh, soon, though who knows when that episode will be out, getting into a fight with some fairies over a cow. I have some tabletop games on shrug.hitch.io. Maybe a non-tabletop game sometime soon? Not soon at all. I'll never finish anything. Uh... I think that's it. That's me. Thank you. I'm sorry. I just want to hype No Rangers Allowed. Very good D&D podcast. You've got like 30 some episodes to go through. So go download that and go check out shrug.itch.io. I really enjoyed your one about trying to canonize animals uh, into sainthood in the Catholic Church. I was very pleased by that. Anyway, that's that's all. I just want to I, I just I love that shit. All right. Bye. All right. Go ahead, Ramona. <laughs> Hi, it's me, Ramona. Find me on my website, LonelyFrontier.net. Go look at all of my artwork and my blog posts. Hit me up on Twitter at Ramona underscore LF. Uh, if you are also on SelectButton.net, uh, slide into my DMs at LonelyFrontier, or just hit like on all of my posts. Um, you could also buy my games or just play the ones I don't charge for at aquanautsholiday.itch.io. And that's it. Thanks for listening, everybody. I, I played one of your games on stream, and that was a blast. I had a really good time with that. So, yeah, go check those out, folks. Hello. You can't find me anywhere, because I don't even exist. But I'm also on Twitter at Clone Lightning, and that's the only thing I can really plug, because it's the only thing I do. Also, give me money at my PayPal. Yes, give Stavekoff money. All right. Um, hi, give I Stave Cough money. Give Stavekoff money. Do it. Um, all right. Hi, hello, everyone. I've been Vasilkania. You can find me at Twitter at Vasilkania, uh, but I, I don't fucking tweet anymore.
because Twitter is a hellscape. If you want to watch me stream, which you totally should because it's awesome, go to Mixer.com slash Vasylcania. Follow me. You'll get updates when I stream. I am trying to stream every Wednesday at about 9 p.m. Central, whatever that means in your time zone. So it's a lot of fun. We have a lot of fun. Um, you can do tarot cards, and I'll give you a reading, and it will draw it on stream. It's great. Um, I'm also on selectbutton.net. On the forums is Vasylcania. It's very simple. It's Castlevania, but you switch the V and you switch the C. Here's the part where I tell you what you can do to help us as a podcast. If you like this podcast, spread the word. Tell your daughter who has been turned into a demon. Tell your friend who will betray you and sacrifice your spouse for demonic powers. Or just tweet about us. Uh, the only way people find out about us is through word of mouth. So anything you can do helps. Rating and reviewing on iTunes helps. Uh, maybe one day we'll be on the front page of iTunes. And it'll crash the servers, and everyone will hate us. We have a website. You can find it at SNES.Zone. It has links to our Twitter feed, which is where you vote on games every other month, so six times a year. You can also find short bios and social media links for everybody who has ever been on the cast. Closed. Send me your information. I'll put it on the site if you want. Um, uh, if you want us to read something out on the podcast, hey, go to selectbutton.net. Go to the podcast secret level and click on the discussion thread for the most recent game, and I'll read whatever shit you say. Oh, fuck, I didn't look at the thread. So we didn't get a ton of stuff for this game. So I, everybody... I, Villain chose this game, and they didn't get to be on this cast, unfortunately, which was, which was a bummer. Um, but I do want to say that they did do a lot in the thread uh, talking about this. This game is about 20 years old as of a couple of weeks ago. The box art is incredible. You should look it up. And uh, Villain doesn't know why they chose this game as, a, as a, their explorer's choice. Probably because it had a gun and a dragon. So that's about all the feedback we got. If you want us to read shit that you say about the, whatever game we're playing, go to the forums. Check us out. Um, finally, we've got a Patreon page. The podcast is always going to be free, but your support helps me pay for server costs, new equipment, Maybe I can just pay people to be on the cast. I don't know. Uh, we've got tiers for as low as a dollar. You can pledge for things like joining the Discord. You can dictate games for us to play. You could star on the podcast. You could do that. You could be here with us. And at any tier, I'll send you exclusive clips of things I cut out of the podcast because they were too weird. And I'll let you know when the, da when the damn thing comes out. Uh, it's patreon.com slash snexploration. S-N-E-X Ploration. <laughs> As always, for more inane video game discussion, jump into the selectbutton.net forums. The next podcast you've already voted on on our Twitter, it's called uh, Ball Bullet Gun. Please tell me that's correct. I have to Google this. Hold on. <laughs> you said ball. <laughs> I, said, I did. I said ball. A Ball Bullet Gun is a paintball strategy RPG that you could play right now. Go play it. But I wanted to let you know, because because of the new format, I'm trying to look a little bit farther ahead. So play Ball Bullet Gun. Send us some feedback on the forums. But the next game we play is going to be an Explorer's Choice. And guess what? Guess what? I already know what it is. It's Street Racer for the Super Nintendo. <laughs> um, <clears throat> this is Modal's pick. It's a racing game. Uh... Yeah. Oh. Yep. Modal picked this game. And guess that what? Makes, it's that got, makes sense. 
it, it's a it's a multi-tap game four player mode seven racing game just in time for Branson so we may play this in person I'm going to target that because I think this works out perfectly so play ball bullet gun play street racer go onto the forums talk about it with us I will put you on the podcast you'll be fucking famous it's going to be great <laughs> so there you go ball bullet gun sounds like a lot of ball bullet fun to me I will br- I will bring Shelly and Shelly will and Shelly will let us play play Street Racer together. What is Oh, Shelly the the multi Shelly the multi tab. Yeah, I forgot we named it. I forgot you named it. <laughs> well, No Code named it. No Code named it. Hi No Code. I hope you're listening. Um so yeah. Until next time, it's not Blackthorn. Sorry, Shrug. It's not a fucking Contra Hardcore. <laughs> I never said it was Contra Hardcore. I just said <laughs> that it makes me feel like playing. It feels like it's in the same tier for me. It's not all like Dragon Pass. <laughs> it's not... Uh... It's not the King of Fighters 97... Not... <laughs> it's not Psycho Dream. Which you should play. Not Castlevania with a gun. It's not Gunstar Heroes. It's not Dynamite Heady. It's not anime porn. <laughs> <laughs> It's not a survival sim on the Super Nintendo. It's not classic sitcom The King of Queens. <laughs> it's not King's Quest 1 through 8. <laughs> At least it has that going for it. So I know I would totally play King of Demons Quest. It's not my daughter. <laughs> It is my fairy wife. It's not King of Dinosaurs from the King of Fighters games. It's not King of Avalon Dragon War from Century Games. 4.3 stars in the Google Play. It might not be King of Queens, but playing it definitely made my eyes feel weary and back getting tight. (laughs) When I played this game... I just gotta say, I've, I, I felt that toss salad and scrambled eggs. It's not King's Throne, Game of Lust. It's not old enough to drink. It's not Kingsfield, <laughs> 1 through 4. Which modal has the world record on? It, I, I know two. For I like think all one. of them. I think pretty much all of them. Definitely Shadow yeah. Tower. Modal has the record on three as well. I think 4 is the only one Modal doesn't have the record on. I could be wrong about that. Anyway, she's very good at King, King's... Uh, shout out to Modal's excellent uh, speedrunning. Yeah, check out Modal. And, as always, it's not Chuck Rock. And and then and, and that's where I end the podcast, the end.
As always, thank you to Schnabubula for letting us use his incredible song, Playing Super Mario World While Taking Mushrooms, for our theme song. Also, thanks to Bachelor for the amazing cover art that we have. Check him out at BachelorSoft on Twitter. And thanks to you for listening. I already had Majuo downloaded like a decade address because my Majuo file has a timestamp of 2003. <laughs> what the fuck? That's incredible. Is it, also, like, is it in English though? Is it like Maju? Yeah, it's in the English window patch instead of the one point patch. No, I was gonna say, so you have the first version of the patch? Well, not anymore. I just deleted it. Ah. Uh. Why? It's a it's a historical artifact. <laughs> you can always make another one, probably. <laughs> All right. Well, the first level of this game really does rule, though. Yeah, the really first does. level it fucking rules. <laughs> <Yeah>. Like <laughs> the first level's awesome. Um, okay. I'm talking about Psycho, right? King of Chuck Rock. King of, King King of Rock. Game of Lust by Goat Games. It's not Beaten Fuck Kingdom. <laughs> it's not King of Canes, the early year. Ah, oh, Jesus. The podcast has ended. You can stop now. <laughs> by Wisdom Tree. This might actually be Snake King. The Burger King game. Oh, yeah, Sneak King. Because you play some sort of demon king and snake king as well. You see? that That's where I was going. You know what? This was a really interesting pick. And I'm sad that Villain wasn't able to join because, like, we had from you, Ramona, being like, this game sucks all the way and with all the variants of this game sucks <laughs> to Tulpa being like this game rules it, it I feel like it's 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 a very whatever you want from it you can get it kind of game it's very strange. no I will say having just cleared it that ice castle auto scroller fucking sucks it's just a bad stage though all, all fucking video games have a bad stage in the middle especially from this era because they want to prevent you from finishing the game before uh uh, the rental is due. <laughs> Ah, oh, damn, I meant to say KSS, the King KSS by ASS, I fucking forgot. <laughs> oh, that was the bottom line. KSS as a company does seem to suck, but I don't uh, dislike this game or uh, 
I, I would probably enjoy their survival sims too. I, I could have I could have gone full ABGN and just like talked about like ah this asshole he keeps killing me. What were they thinking? Sorry. So I've been play I haven't been playing this game for 16 years, but I have been playing it for quite a while because of you know emulation and shit. Like it, the translation came out right when we started emulating. And I just want to make clear that I do like it, it's just, like, really mediocre. Or not mediocre, but just, like, really bland. It's middle of the road. Like, mediocre See? is a strong word for what it is, because it's not, like, bland. It's not, like, meh. It's not, like, barf. It's it's middle of the road. It doesn't do anything perfect, and it doesn't do anything badly. See, I feel like uh, the game is uh, extremely... Uh, like, I enjoy every second of it while I'm playing it, but as soon as I stop playing it, I'm not going to remember anything that happened. It is a game in the moment. It is the perfect game for someone with, uh, enterograde and retrograde amnesia. <laughs> I am looking for a review of this Kingster and Game of Lust game that rates it on, like, a scale of how easy it is to jerk off to. And nobody's doing this. This isn't Knights and Demons for the Commodore 64. It's not Knights and Demons for the Commodore 64. <laughs> Shrug, you know what this means. It's your time to shine. Yeah, I have to play it, though. I'm not gonna... I can't fake it. Rudy, say something. Gotta... Hi, Rudy. You promised me a game of lust, and all you gave me was some extremely mild pictures of ladies with large bosoms. Hi, I'm outside of a place. It's very hot in Tokyo. They said, come play with me, my lord, and there was no play at all. Just some numbers going up. Not horny enough. <laughs> How hot is it in Japan, Rudy? It's like 95. After a tsunami or a typhoon, you promised me a very sounds balmy. It is. It's, it's balmers too fast there. Rudy, just just so that uh, I know, what what have you played? Uh, did you play Majiwo? What do you think? Uh, game rules. It's big and stupid and gross. Oh, uh, I'm so glad uh, someone agrees with me. I like it! It's big and stupid and gross! I just don't think it's good as Hunter Hardcore! That's my sticking point here! Oh yeah, it's not really good, but it's, it's great. <laughs> yeah, it is good, like... It, it hasn't... It, it's had one stage that I fucking think is garbage. And that stage did have the consolation of all of the enemies gave you so, so many points that uh, it was easy to get your health maxed out real quick. Well, hey, I can tell y'all, you know, if you haven't talked about it, you can buy a new copy of this game being republished by Columbus Circle. And maybe, or maybe not, it will fry your Super Famicom, Super Nintendo. <laughs> we did, that did actually come up, at least the, the fact that it was re-released by Columbus Circle. Okay, Ann Doherty says, I like the art, good story too, fun to play. Wish there were male consorts, though, since I'm female. Otherwise, I like it a lot.
What's with this uh, lava level with uh, weird phalluses emerging from the... What's the deal with weird phalluses? I'm going to this lava <laughs> level. What is the They're just all around over here. That's something I completely, I meant to mention, but I completely failed to, was that there are elements of the levels that are just there basically to slow you down. And that's it. It's all I do. Yeah, we you just never, have to blast a thing. We never got into the time Fuck. limit, but the time limit was horrible. I hated that. You there were levels that were impossible. Limit. Really? You have a bad time limit, and far. there are elements of the game that only exist to slow as time sinks, like the phalluses that burst from the ground and the weird flying squid Metroid things with the lasers. There, you can drop that in somewhere. Um, but... the game anyway. I'm at the lava level, right? You're real close. I think that's the second to the last level. Well, the time limit has been extremely forgiving this entire time. Yeah, I'm actually going to defend the time limit a little bit. I thought you had, like, most stages feel like if you're doing them right, you get, they take maybe a minute, and this game gives you, like, a three and a half minutes. I do nothing right ever. (laughs) 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 Hear that, Ty? Hear that, Shrug? Ty, this is telling you to get good. Gives you five minutes. Gives you five minutes, and it, it adds another minute onto the clock every time you beat a sub boss. The last level is impossible in the time limit. I do not think that uh, I did never use a charge attack, so maybe it's possible, but I'm pretty sure it's impossible in the time limit. Good artwork, an interesting mix of Kingsguard. The artwork for the ladies <laughs> is pleasant and collecting them enjoyable. Do not collect First, ladies. This is a, a, a directive from Sin Exploration. But Do not collecting collect them ladies. is so enjoyable. <laughs> How yes. am I going? But collecting fairy wives is so so good for your for your soul and your and. I mean, life. if you want these to collect fairy wives or something, I'm sure this. KSS's Pink Pineapple Division can find in something for you. Pink Pineapple is the worst name ever. It's too horny in the most abstract way, and I hate it. I hate it so much. Yeah, it's weird because I can't say exactly what... I mean, it's not as bad as Cream Lemon. Oh, God. You know that if you put lemon in cream, it just curdles. When I... Pink Pineapple just... It reminds me of that thing that what's his face, that gross dude. Uh, Charles Bukowski called his his uh, his dick, his penis. He called it his like purple eggplant or something, fun like that. So I hear pink pineapple, and I'm just thinking about Charles Bukowski, which I never want to do. And I'm specifically thinking of Charles Buk- Charles Bukowski's penis, which I never want to do. And then I'm imagining. Then I'm imagining Charles Bukowski with a like a fleshy pineapple for a dick, <laughs> and that's where my head is now. I think this might be the cold open. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome everyone to Snexploration. 
where we talk Baba about Bowie, pink pineapples. Baba Bowie, Charles Bukowski's penis, Baba Bowie. <laughs> <laughs>